welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 140. Yeah. 140. Are, you, are you ready for this episode? You know, um, yes and no. I I'm mean, really, I'm ready. Are you supposed to always say yes? I'm ready. Like, I'm excited to do another episode because I love doing these episodes. Uh, but you know, like this week, um, and I guess I'll just give like my, what's been going on with me, okay. you know, it's just been kind of like a, we're starting off like super quick, not, yeah. no wasting time. Yeah, I mean, well, because yeah, it's like, am I ready? And so I, I feel like this week has just been kind of like just a bread and butter, like things have been selling. It's just, it hasn't felt the same, not being able to go out and do the sourcing and do the, the mm -hmm. treasure hunting. It feels weird to be like at home so much in quarantine and be like, oh, I'm not at work, but I can't go out and source, right? Like these would be the times I'd love to go out and source. And and so sourcing has just not been the same. Everything has just been so different. Uh, but, you know, sales are still coming in. Sales have been pretty good. Uh, so that's, that's crazy, nice. right? That sales are still coming in. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's encouraging. Um, been able to get through some of my death piles and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, like when I was thinking about this episode, I'm like, all right, what do I got any cool random stories? Do I've got any, like, I just, I don't have time. He, he, he does. He does. Do I? Yeah, because they're, they're going to turn it off like right now. Like they're like, oh, well, no more crazy Mike no, stories. No, I mean. No one attacking me in the parking lot stories. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, we've got a great episode, I'm sure, lined uh, lined up for our <laughs> listeners. I'm sure. You guys <laughs> let us know. We have to afterwards. reinforce ourselves. I guess <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. But um, I mean, let us know down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, first of all, hit the, the like, subscribe, uh, hit the bell notification button, but let us know down in the comments below, uh, how, how have the week's been for you? I mean, how has it been not being able to source? What kind of tips have you been using and, and implementing maybe from one of our previous episodes about how to source during this time? And you know, what, what has it been like for you? Have, have you had, you know, as much motivation and excitement about reselling or does it kind of feel like without the sourcing of things kind of died down? Let us know. How have you been getting through this? That'd be, uh, be very helpful, I think, for the community. I agree. I agree. So sales are coming through. Yeah. I mean, sales are good. I mean, the nice thing is uh, the bank account keeps going up. I'm, I'm noticing my store numbers are going down, which is a little bit discouraging. But like I said, I've got death piles to get through, which is nice. And well, uh, here's what's interesting. Here's what not a lot of people are talking about, that actually this is a time that you can pivot and be better off financially if you're a reseller. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, which I would say... Three weeks ago, it hasn't been three weeks. I don't know what it's been. Four it's, weeks, it's five been weeks, something like that. But remember when when things really went down yeah. and like we were here and like, oh man, this could go on for nine months and maybe it does. We don't know. Like we don't know what's going on. We may reopen the economy in two weeks and we may not. Who who knows? And it depends on what state you're in and and blah blah. But what I was gonna say is that man, I remember sales like died mm. for like two or three days. Yeah, and it's the uncertainty. And then I remember in my head, I'm like, okay. I have this much of my savings and then I have this much of my credit limit. So I can go this long. And I remember playing the math out, right? Going, okay, maybe I'm just going to stack my cash and then I'll just go on credit, which I don't advise at all. I was just thinking the four walls like, hey, you know, because I'll talk about this in a little bit. I got stuck with like 3K of inventory that I couldn't send into FBA, Oof. right? That I had dropped and I don't, again, I'm debt free, but I can use my credit card for Amazon because I get that money back pretty quick. Is that, is that an oxymoron? Like, can I be debt free and use my credit card? Um, I mean, you, if you're doing your finances right, you should have your personal finances, your business finances separately, right? Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, that's what so it's your like, business yeah. might be carrying uh, debt, but you personally aren't. So yeah, there's, there's a difference there. Yeah. And so that kind of, that threw me off. Cause I'm like, this is not good. Now here's what's crazy. A lot of that stuff I'm selling on eBay and I'm making back that money. Nice. Right. So, and we'll talk about what's going on with Amazon. Cause Amazon is making strides, uh, I think to get things back to normal. Yeah. So hopefully little by little here, 
But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting right now because if there's ever time, ever time, if there's ever been a time where I felt that reselling is definitely doable, it's like right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if nothing else, it's reaffirming. I think when when the economy is doing well, that's clearly the, the best time for reselling all around in a lot of ways. But um, this demonstrates that even when things are rough, reselling is still a viable option. It kind of re- reinforces that. And now, think- it's a small picture, though. I mean, we're still not in recession mode. Yeah, right? yeah. Recession we're, takes six months for it to hit. To really to, to really begin, yeah. But I mean, we're starting to see, at least now, we've got, before we were kind of uncertain, and now we're starting to see signs like, okay, like, there are ways to pivot and make things work here. I mean, like you said, with Amazon having so much stuck inventory-wise that you weren't able to send in, um, I talked about that first box that I was going to send in to Amazon. I had delayed doing that. Uh, but it's kind of nice because I had like 30-some adventure, teenage adventure Bibles or like children's adventure Bibles. Uh, and they have all sold on eBay, eBay right? Yeah. Like, so, and I've made more money per sale on eBay than I would on Amazon. I was ex- expecting to send them into Amazon and have a higher velocity, like th- mm-hmm, themselves mm-hmm. quicker. Uh, but within specifically during this time, and I mean, this isn't my bolo, which we'll get to later on, but like, I mean, this might even be the time for b- religious books and material. I think people are, are looking for those things. They're at home, they're with their kids. Uh, and so there's a, a, a subset of the population who's looking for that stuff. And I've noticed an increase in sales of, you know, religious material that I have. So, uh, that's a freebie bolo for you. <laughs> freebie bolo. Yeah. It's, uh, and here's the thing. We know that people are on different levels. We know that some people are struggling right now in reselling, right? Maybe you had inventory that right now is getting hit hard, like people aren't buying. Or maybe, you know, you have life circumstances that has affected you, right? Maybe now you're in a situation where you are the main breadwinner, right? Because reselling is the only thing that's bringing income. So please understand that when we share this, we're not looking to glow. We're just sharing our own experience and we're hoping to inspire and encourage others during this time. It's a... I don't know. It's it's really weird. Like, it is, okay, weird is like an understatement compared to our lives right now, right? I mean, I, I don't think there's anything normal. Like when we have to think about, okay, I need to put my mask on. I need to take my mask off. I need to, you know, should I go to the grocery store? Well, they're saying don't, but then, you know, so it's, it's an interesting time. But here's the weird one for me in reselling that it's like we're at Q4 levels right now. Mm. As far as I, I mean, in my, so in my business, so. I wish I had all the inventory I could have sent in, but all the inventory. So I'll give you an example. I had like these VTech toys and I shared this on Instagram and I I bought a ton of them in Q4 and, you know, Michelle Clark. Have you heard about the Michelle Clark conspiracy? No. Okay. So Amazon, right? And usually gets on listings. Every single Amazon listing is Michelle Clark. Hmm. I'm serious. And so as, as the seller, as the seller. Hey, this is this is verified. Like you'll see this all over social media. We actually, uh, I actually have gone through and I've I've just done random listings and that I knew Amazon wasn't. And no, it's Michelle Clark. And there's other resellers who are like Orlando. Who's this Michelle Clark? And we've had other big time Amazon seller going Michelle Clark. And I guess she's a senior account manager at Amazon and they use her name. I don't know if it's the same one. Like you know, you find people's LinkedIn. Yeah. Why Michelle Clark? I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about? Let me know in the comments because it is weird. Who is Michelle Clark? Seriously, dun, like, dun, dun. What, like was it? so? There is conspiracy out there. Some people have shared with me that Michelle Clark is undercutting everybody, right? You know, race to the bottom, and they're doing it so that Amazon doesn't look like it's the one that's undercutting everybody. But instead, it's this Michelle Clark person. 
which I don't know. I don't know. Conspiracy, you know? So, okay. But this is a time of all the times where Amazon will pull something like this. Did it have to be during a pandemic? Right. When conspiracy, there's so many conspiracies right now. I wish we had a podcast where we just talked about conspiracies. I'm intrigued by many of them right now. But I mean, what what are you going to do? Get upset and say like Amazon can't sell products on their own platform? No, no, you can't. No, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I just think it's it's just shady. It's not wrong. It's just shady. Would it you be know? less shady if it just said it was Amazon? Yeah. It's like be real with it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we've always said like how Amazon allows some things through. And then if you get busted, like they drop the hammer on you and it's like. They always do the wink, like it's all good until you get busted, and then Amazon's all over you. You know what I mean? So, all right. So, okay, enough about Amazon. All right. So, how have things been for me? They've been really good. Uh, Q4 levels uh, on both platforms. Amazon, I'm selling through all this stuff now. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but Amazon has been slamming me for p- Amazon fair price policy or price gouging on apparel. Really? Yeah. So, like, if somebody needs a Nike camo hoodie, Man, better not price that too much. Like you're price gouging, yeah. and so they their their algorithm keeps flagging stuff. Yeah, I think I think the the tough thing, and this goes back to the the interview we had with uh with Doug, you know, on Sunday, is part of it is we think of these companies as if there's like one person sitting behind a computer, yeah. a team of people who are just like viciously out to get people. But in in a real sense, is it's an algorithm in the sense of it's a computer program that has been certain like coding, like kids who are like learning coding, right? There's like, if this equals this, then this, right? And they're trying to figure it out and the programs learn and grow as it, as it gets better. But they probably have, if the normal price is this and then price goes 35% above that, then flag it, right? And they're not recognizing, they don't necessarily have all of the ways and all of the things and to say, well, well, these items can be have an inflated price, but these ones, this would be considered price gouging on essentials. And so they're probably still inputting stuff and it's probably gonna take a long time before that gets worked out, right? Like even on eBay or on, not on eBay, on uh, on YouTube, when we post new videos, right? Sometimes our videos randomly get that flagged for stuff, right? True. Like it'll be like, this video can't be monetized or this video uh, is gonna have limited ads available, right? And then we have to do a like request a review because it's, I mean, if you listen to our shows, you know that we don't talk about anything that's like <laughs> no. inappropriate or, you know, we don't controversial have any language or anything like, like yeah. that. So, um, and so I hope not. after a time, a a human will like either review or they'll like have a computer program go through the transcript and then it gets marked like, okay, this is fine. Um, and so you got to figure. And then on the top of YouTube now, because of the, the COVID-19 stuff right on the top, it says due to all of this, these issues, we have fewer people able to, to review these, your rev- videos may take longer to review. Right. So the same thing is probably true for Amazon. So you getting flagged for a Nike sweater probably isn't somebody like, ha ha, let's get them all. But it's probably like, Oh, that one was a mistake. That but the it's computer an easy, caught. it's an easy algorithm fix. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Nike, right? So how many centrals are Nike, right? Or even toys, there's certain toys that have been flagged. I'm like, if it's a toy, if it says Hasbro, that's an easy fix. Hmm. Right. So I'm not sure what's going on. I think, I think it's more than just algorithm. And we'll talk about that a little bit because I think our society as a whole is shifting when it comes to certain things. Um, But again, we don't, we do talk, we need to address it because it is a reselling issue because our resellers that we know, I personally know are getting, are getting hit hard with uh, this whole rhetoric of price gouging. Mm. So, all right. So things are good. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about online sourcing, which is weird. I, I will say I miss garage sales. Like I'm making a lot of profit and I keep looking at where I got these items, garage sales. Right. So it's like, 
man, I can't wait to get out there. And I have been able to do some online sourcing and it's been good. It's weird. Like I, uh, the other day I picked up a piece. I, I shared this before, but it just keeps happening where it was like a lot of 25 and I paid $3 for one of them. I mean, if you average it out, it was about like three bucks and I sold it one of them for a hundred bucks. Hmm. And then I sold another one for 30, another one for 20. So I'm like, now I am going to leave the house. Like somebody had commented on one of our Instagram uh, posts said, if free selling comes down and me just being stuck in front of a computer, like count me out. Mm. And I agree. I'm the same way. Like there's a whole other, like there's a whole other satisfaction of finding right. That treasure. Yeah. Going to, I mean, it, it is cool when you can find something, get a good deal on an auction or something on, on eBay, but it's still not the same as, walking into a thrift store and finding something in a rack or that you're not looking for, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not like you're looking for the best deal on a certain item or you go to a garage sale and you've got the back and forth and the negotiation happening or just the human element of like, you know, it, it, garage sales, estate sales, same way. It's like you get a little bit of history. Like what are these people's lives like, right? Like there's this human connection that we almost take for well, granted. Why we like American pick, like why people like American pickers and ponsers and all that. It's the same, same yeah. idea. The story. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just yeah. reinforcing what you're saying. So, and so, yeah, and and that's that's been the tough part, right? I mean, because I think I've I've pretty much discovered everything in my death piles already. <laughs> like, there's no more. I don't think there's any more to discover, right? Unless there's some. And now, if I had a mansion, it'd be kind of cool. But you know, no, I don't have that. So, all right, you were hoping to find a mansion in your death pile. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I was hoping to find something that was super value, like. I did find valuable stuff, but it was nothing like, oh, this is going to make me 500 bucks, right? Because mm -hmm. those are the stuff, those are the things that I list like right away. Like when I come home from the garage sale, the stuff that isn't going to make me a lot and it's going to take time, those are the ones that end up in the death pile that I'm listing now. Yep. Right? All the really All the nice, tedious stuff yeah. you save for the time when- There's uh, a pandemic. Yeah. Which, which uh, maybe, maybe uh, you should save uh, the exciting stuff for then. Right. Just kidding. Yeah. Don't save anything ever. List everything right away. hundred percent. I mean, that's another thing that's changed. It's it. I want to get better. Now I probably have another 200 items so I can list. I mean, you could just throw some over my way and we can but, call it. <laughs> there you go. But here's the, I, I see some stuff you could list right now. How do you know they're not already listed? I'm a hundred percent sure they're not listed. Cause right. mine, I'm, I'm looking at So Mike has some VCRs and stuff. Let's be real. They're not listed. Most of them are. Half of them are. <laughs> Most of them are. I'm the same way. I My goal last week was to like list my VCRs and DVD recorders. And no, they're just sitting there. Like, I don't want to test them. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Here's the other problem. I started listing. I started sourcing online. And so I'm finding these treasures online. And I'm like, I'm just going to list these now. You know? All right. Other thing I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry to take up too much time. But I, I wanted to talk about this just because I think it's important. So. You know, there's that small business administration emergency loan, right? From the government. And, you know, I'm going to share my thoughts on like what I did, right? Because again, no one can tell you how to run your business. You are the best de determinator. Is that, no, is that, is that a good word? Sure. Like George Bush, when he would say, I'm the decider kind of deal. So you are the individual that knows your business best. And so. I was super tempted uh, to take this loan, you know, and everybody's talking about it, like, Hey, you'll get $10,000 free money. Like, but you got to read loan is never free money. hundred percent. Right. And so it's funny. Cause one of our good friends and they'll know who I'm talking about. Like I went back and forth with him. Like, 
should we take the loan? And, and you know, there's an altruistic reason, like don't take the loan. Cause if your business is doing well, well, you're taking from others. Cause there's only so much, right. Then there's the other thing of like, no, we're entrepreneurs. Like we make things happen. Like we shift, we pivot. And then there's the other side of like, you know, the old ancient proverb of, you know, the debtor is slave to the lender, right? There's, there's no loan without strings attached. Yeah. And the strings are, you're going to pay it back with interest. Yeah. Well, okay. So supposedly, right. There's 10,000 of it. That's a grant, right. That it's forgivable, right. Over time. And, and, you know, but it's supposed to go like, you're supposed to do it now. You could do it if you don't have employees, but it's supposed to go to business expenses, like paying the mortgage on a, on a building or, or rent. And also if you have employees, you know, taking care of payroll, making sure you don't have to lay anybody off. But then, so I went back and forth. I'm like, Hmm, 10 K be nice. I'd pay off that three K debt that I have. Cause those things I can send into Amazon, but I'm already, you know, about a third of the way through with that one. It would help pay my storage unit. It would help pay, you know, I could bring my helper on, even though I have nothing for them to list, but I could have them maybe cross post. Like I started thinking of all these scenarios, but then I was like, no, like, because anytime, anytime, anytime <laughs> you take a loan from anyone, there is always always something there always right i mean you i've you've ever heard dave ramsey talk about never take uh money from your family members because thanksgiving tastes a little different yep that's for sure right and it's the same thing here and and at the same time it, it allows the government to get a closer eye into your business i, I like for me it's like just stay out <laughs> like you know i'm not trying to be ron swanson about it you know but Again, it's just like, no, like I, I pay my taxes like I'm done. I don't want, I don't want, you know, an audit later on. Like, how are you going to prove that? Like, are you going to have to send them PDFs for all your payments? Like, are you going to have to show your bills? Like, you know what I mean? And so you put to yourself now, the other one, this is going to sound weird, is I felt if I took it that I wouldn't hustle as hard. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and again, it even goes down to the idea of like, do you need it? Right. hundred uh, percent. And I, I didn't need it, which I thought I did for like, a moment. Oh. And then I was like, no, I'm oh, good. and it says something about like our culture too. And, and, and individual integrity and nothing against like, if you like, like Orlando, you said, need you, it, you know, your you business, you know, um, but if you don't, you don't. And I, I recently listened to, um, you know, occasionally listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast. And I listened to one with, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Congressman from Texas. And he made a comment that when he was leaving, um, the military he was medically discharged because he, um, he, Somebody stepped on an IED, blew up in his face, lost an eye. And so he was in the process of, of being medically discharged. And in the facility that he was at where they were teaching everybody, he says, I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of people who are, are for the most part, capable of working. Like there was nobody in the room. He's all including me who couldn't go back and get work. Right. And he said, and the military gives us like a really decent package to help, you know, like take care of us. We get retirement. We get all these things. But that group, that curriculum was pushing for them to get on SS is it SSID? Is it like the, the, I don't know. So if you've got, um, like if you're severely disabled and you can't work and if you're medically discharged in the military guaranteed, you get it. And he said like, they were pushing for him to get it. And he goes, I couldn't do it. Like I, there's no way I could take this money. And then he talks about, there's this scene from a movie called Cinderella man. Uh, if you haven't never seen Cinderella man. So in the beginning of the movie, the, 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 the main character, the boxer guy, he ends up in hard times. He ends up having to take a welfare check, and by the end of the movie, he's got himself back together. He's got his life put together and he goes and he pays that welfare check back. Right. And, and kind of the idea that was being presented here is like, if you need it, take it. But if you don't need it, like there's, there's almost a certain amount of like, 
of integrity involved of like, I want to take care of myself. Like, I don't want to just take from people who do genuinely need it. And like you said, kind of the altruistic reason of like, there's only so much to go around. And if you need the help, you need the help. There's no shame in that. But what we want to be pushing towards is people getting their feet back underneath them and not necessarily just taking money, uh, specifically in a situation like that, where if you could get a $10,000 grant, but you didn't need it, then it's like, yeah, does it prevent you from working harder? Because now it's like, well, I've just got money coming in as opposed to like, I'm going to work and I'm going to earn this. And then I'm going to use what I get and I earn to help those who are in need. You know, there's, a, there's just a different perspective. And so sometimes you're going to be in that part of life where you need help, but then there may come a time in your life when you don't need the help and you're in a position where you can be the one giving the help. And so, you know, I think the Pure Hustle podcast model would be to do that, right? To to expand the community, to help the community. We have a model to help. now. Well, you know what I mean? Like, no, just I agree. The, just I the, hear what you're the, saying. The I agree with that you. we would have, you know? I'm on board with what you're saying. And again, you got to do what works for your business, right? I just, I feel like we're unpopular opinion right now. Like I saw a ton of people <laughs> on, on social, you know, talking about, hey, I'm taking this loan, get your loan, get your loan. And actually I did have another local reseller who, you know, she actually was like, you need to take it or loan. I mean, we, we went back and forth on it and uh, she even decided like, ah, I don't, I don't think so because yeah, my business is good right now. And I know that there is no such thing as free money. Yeah. And, and who's going to pay for it in the long run, right? If we just think economically, you might be getting that money, but it's it's going to come out in taxes, right? That's the only way that that money, the government gets money to give out. You know what I mean? Like the only way they can give grants is if they collect it from taxes. So anytime money goes out, like the stimulus is a great example. This is a great thing to help a lot of people who are in need and who are hurting. But I also think about it and we're borrowing money from our kids, right? Like it's really what we're doing yeah. is because down the road, now, I will, that's I will, debt our kids are going to have to pay. Now, I will push a little bit back on that one. I think this one is, yes, there is that's real. Like I'm not denying that's real. But I think with the stimulus checks, I think it's, wow, well, I feel like we're on a different show right now. But again, it's an unprecedented time. No, of course. I'm right? I mean, the government needed. shut businesses yeah. down, no, right? Absolutely. People lost jobs because the government said you can't work. Mm -hmm. And I get why the government did that, mm -hmm. right? It makes sense. Like we're in this time. So I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, right? No, no. But, but, but the same is true even yeah. with the grant. Like you might be getting a $10,000 grant now, but if you notice over the next 20 years that your tax rate has gone up, because they're trying to pay for all of the people who oh, got yeah. $10,000 there, grant. There's nothing free. Yeah. There is nothing free. So, but you know, I'm hoping that those stimulus checks end up being eBay purchases or- I think they will be. You know, I, I do, do I do too. I think some of the sales that we've had recently has been people that already got theirs. Yeah. Right? Or anticipating, you know, if you know it's coming. Um, I mean, a lot of people are financially well off enough that like we do that, like it's tax season. It's like, all right, like we know we may be getting, you know, it's usually not very much, if any, because- I can't think of the last time I did something yeah. like that, but I remember those But days. like, you know, it's like, okay, I've got, we've got $500 coming in because of whatever. It's like, all right, well, it doesn't come in until next month, but we know it's coming in. We have the money, so we can make the purchase now. And when it comes in, we'll just replenish our savings account, right? So there are going to be a lot of people doing that, just knowing that they have money coming in. Uh, even if it takes weeks, months to get here, it's not going to hurt them. They're not going to lose any of those four walls to spend it now and just replenish their savings account. Because yeah, I've had a lot of really weird, bizarre sales recently. And every time I think this has got to be a stimulus buy, you know? <laughs> like, there should be a note, like a drop down menu. Like, how did you pay for the stimulus? Stimulus. Stimulus, right? So get your stuff listed, right? I mean, and here's another thing. And we'll talk about this in reseller topics that right now, People are going online to buy and the places are like three weeks shipping time. And we've talked about this before, but even it's not only Amazon and Amazon's getting better about it, but it's 
like Home Depot, it's Lowe's, it's Walmart, it's Target. Like everybody is having delayed shipping times. So if you have the inventory and you can get to the post office same day or by the next day, you have that unfair advantage. It's true. So, all right. So there goes that. that, (laughs) We're almost political commentary, but not. No. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just just keeping it real. Keeping it real. That's it. Keeping it real. All right. But along, all right. Now, do you have any uh, random stories you want to share? Yeah, I mean, this is hustle related, uh, but it's not it's not resale related specifically. And and here's one of the things. Even when we started PSL Podcast, we'd started from the very beginning saying like, "Hey, like we're a reselling podcast," but we also recognize that ninety percent of people who are reselling reselling is just one of the hustles they do. Right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe they do real estate, maybe they make videos, maybe they you know they have some kind of other extra side hustle, right? Because it's usually just in an entrepreneur's blood to like do more, to have some other side money, to have more streams of revenue coming in, however that is. Uh, And I think it was probably a year or two ago that I talked about this last and I'm going to do it again. I am, I've definitely feel like I've put on my quarantine uh, 19. I I think it started with the quarantine 15 and and, you know, it's, it's definitely gone up. I put on my COVID-19 just from eating too much. And so I'm going to be doing in the next week or two, I'm going to be starting diet bad again. Oh really? Not a sponsor. Yeah. So it's not a sponsor, but it is a, but you can sponsor us. Yeah, that'd be cool. But if you're looking for an interesting way, if you know, like, Hey, I want to do some fitness stuff. And I think again, even with that, like a lot of entrepreneurs, the fitness world is like pretty closely connected. When you see like YouTube videos and things like that, there's, there's a connection there because again, it's this idea of like bettering yourself, doing more. Um, and so if you're that kind of person, it's like, you know, I want to get back in shape or I kind of want to get things going. Diabet's a really cool option. They've got a few different ways of doing it. And from my experiences in the past, um, if you're dedicated and disciplined to like lose the weight that you're, you sign up to lose, um, in the past, in, in a six month period, I've made like around $400 or so, nice. right. You got to upfront a little bit of money, uh, you know, to say that you're actually going to be able to lose that weight and you check in regularly. But, uh, but I'm planning if I could do that again, if I can over the next six months, just have an extra $400 or, or potentially more, uh, come in for doing something I want to do anyways, which is lose some weight. That's a win-win, right? Like that's a, that's like one more side stream of money coming in during this time. And I win by doing it by losing weight. So, uh, you know, I think that's hustle related, not necessarily. No, uh, it's good. I'm just laughing a little bit because this whole idea of streams of income, like I never, I don't know. I never thought about it. You know what I mean? And I always had like two or three, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I really, man, did I just say, um, I, I hate saying, um, when I talk, like um, I train myself not to like, like that too. So I was like, um, so like, uh, <laughs> okay, that's way worse. I'm reselling and I'm making money and I'm shipping packages every day. And my son's looking at me and he's noticing this. And at first I'm like, oh, there you go. It was cool because I'm, I'm teaching my son, like, hey, you can make things happen. No matter what, you can make things happen. Like, that's been one of my things has been not only do I want to make this reselling full-time work, and I'm going into the end of year two, not just for financial reasons and the freedom and the, and the incredible freedom of it, but I want to, there's kind of like this chip on my shoulder that I want to prove to my son that you can restart your life at any time, even if you're 40 and you can make things happen and you can be successful. And now that my son doesn't really, I mean, he goes to school like three days a week and, you know, the online thing. It's, and I know you're, you're teaching the same thing, but it's not school. Like it, reality, it's nothing close to what you can do in the classroom. If you're a good teacher, if you're a bad teacher, you're still a bad teacher, whether it's Zoom or in the classroom. 
So my, my son is seeing this and then, you know, my son's asking me like, Hey dad, wait, but don't you also make income doing this? Do you also make income doing that? Right. And so a lot of people right now are doing other streams, like they're making money from the stock market. Right. Or they're making money from being a creator on YouTube, or they're making money doing this. And I'm, I'm thinking about all this and I go, this is such a valuable lesson for him right now. Mm. Right. In the sense that back in the day, like, and I don't know, I feel like we're doing a, a uh, entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur, by the way. I just figured reselling out kind of still not there. Okay. I don't have my Lambo yet, but you know, it was like, Hey, go to school, get your college education, get a job. And that you're going to do that all the t- way until you retire and you're done. And that's actually what I did until I became a full-time reseller. And now I'm like, Oh no, like my, my son probably isn't going to want to go to college. Right. Which was, it's kind of, as an educator, it's rough for me. Like, I think he's going to go still. He still wants to, there's a whole awesome experience besides just learning about rocks and geology class in college. Okay. There's the whole lot of value added to it. And that's for another podcast that we're never going to do. But, (laughs) but anyway, I'm saying all this because streams of income are super important. If there's ever a time now, like to pick up things up, like you said, diabetes, like I, I laugh, you know, let's say Mike becomes a guru in 10 years. Right. Yeah. And he's he's on the he's on the Gary Vee show and it's like so Mike talk to me a little bit about your streams of income and Mike's like, oh I eBay, Amazon, I did this podcast, I did this, and I also have diabet. And I've yeah. made lots of money on diabet. Well, I mean, even even that that could become like because fitness has always been like a passion of mine. It's one of those things I've done extensive study on. And I know like I could tell you about protein synthesis and I could tell you like all these things about nutrition and, and different workout regimes. And I'm pretty disciplined to follow it, but then life happens, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've got a kid, I've got injuries, things, and, and I, I don't always follow through with what I know to do, right? And even goes back to like a five second rule, like you should know what you need to do, but you don't. But with my knowledge, if I had the, the commitment to really spend a year or two, like getting my body in shape, I could, I could do, and with a couple courses, I could do like personal training or like I could turn this into another stream of income if I really wanted to. Right. Well, like, And that's part of the pure hustle thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, we are about reselling. Right. But we, when we started the podcast, we were very much about we're not going to be just about reselling. Right. There might come a time where we bring other people on. We talk about other streams of income. And it, interesting, you, you bring that up because I know some people that like ran classes at their gyms. Right. And then the gyms are closed. And so they ended up going on social media and they started doing like online classes and not making more money now doing those online classes. And they were training people at the gym. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's all about that pure hustle, right? Making those trains of income, making it happen. Okay. That's a, that's a good story. Thanks bro. What about you? <laughs> all right. So mine is recently related. It, it's really interesting right now. I think people don't want to return things. I, I just get this. Like, so I've not had many returns. And I had two scenarios, which are kind of interesting. One, so I, I'm sharing this, not as like they're great stories, but one is to add value and help some of you out that are in the same scenario. So we've always said when people want a return, unless they ask for a return or unless it's something that you directly were at fault for doing, like you don't need to respond, right? There's, there's no need to respond, right? And so one was I, I sold, you know, the Luvobella Bolo, Right, which was a bolo two years ago, but I sold one that was uh, that was all messed up and everything. But it was brand new and packaged. I sold it, showed up, and the person's like, "It's not working." And I'm like, "Oh no!" Like I'm so used to selling on 
on Amazon, stuff like that, I forgot to mention no batteries included. Now, you would think that, you know, people would be like, oh, okay, it needs batteries. Mm. Well, I'm like, hey, maybe it needs batteries. They check that out, right? So always don't don't get annoyed. Like I've, right now, I feel like there's a very big sense of getting annoyed. And I'll talk about why people are getting annoyed about people returning things in our reseller topics. The, the other thing is, so I messaged back and I said, hey, it needs batteries, you know, check it out. And then if you still have issues, let me know. They got back to me. And they're like, well, it, we put batteries and it works half the time, but my daughter loves it so much. We're going to keep it. And I was like, this is why I love selling on eBay. Right. I was given an opportunity to make things right. Right. So if you're a new seller, this is why we always push eBay. Right. Because Amazon, it's, it's unforgiving. And I'll talk about why, how it's unforgiving a little bit eBay, you have the opportunity. Like I, I think a lot of people, and you've talked about this before, when you sell things on eBay, they actually believe they're buying from someone. When they buy from Amazon, they don't, right? So this is why I will get returns on stuff from Amazon and my stuff is trashed. No original packaging, no manual. Like they, they played baseball with a baby doll, like, you know, and they're okay with it. But on eBay, like they know, like if I return this and it's not the same condition it was shipped to me, like I may not get my full refund or a refund at all, right? So that's first story. That, that was, but I was kind of impressed. Like that was a good customer, mm. right? And I also got give them a killer deal. So maybe they were like, you know, my daughter kind of doesn't work. It doesn't work half the time. My daughter doesn't know, right? You know how it is with kids, right? Yeah, we bought my son this really cool Chewbacca um, Hasbro interactive toy thing because he is obsessed with Chewbacca right now. Uh, and I got it for like a killer, killer deal. Um, and it works great and he loves it, but he's also a maniac and he destroys stuff. And so like, he's like thrown it and hit, hit it on the ground. Every time we see it, we try and stop him. But like, it's not quite working as well as it did when we first got it. But we're like, who cares? Like he's having fun yep. with it. Like, you know, maybe if he was a little older, if he was old enough to appreciate whether or not it was working properly, he'd also be old enough to take care of it. So, you know, there's that, there's that nice phase uh, in there that I think that, yeah, when somebody buys something for their kid and maybe it's not perfect, but they fall in love with it. I mean, that might be on your side, especially with the types of things you're selling. You sell a certain thing that is almost impossible to get anywhere else because it's, you know, an older item or something. Um, even if there's something wrong with it, people will be less likely to send it back because, hey, am I going to find another one of these at this price again? Who mm -hmm. knows? I have five toys. I have these uh, like monkey things that I sold, sold five of them, can't get them anywhere. Right. And the, the, the packaging is all dinged up, but I was still able to sell them for a very good profit. Right. Because yeah, they can't get anywhere. Right. So that's a good point. The other one is, so I, these are the best when you get this, you know, you sell something that's high price. So I sold some high value uh, items and I may, maybe I shared this on a previous podcast, but the saga is still going. And I just get this thing that said inauthentic mm. and they want to, did you remember that? Did I share this before? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So how do you react when you get somebody, somebody says that something you're selling is fake or in, or not real? Have they bought it yet? They already bought it. Like They're it's already been shipped. It's at their house. Um, I would just say, um, like we've talked about before, I wouldn't argue with them and say, like, I only sell, you know, authentic stuff. I'd just say like, I'm sorry you're unhappy with the purchase. You're welcome to send it back to me for a refund. Right. And so I deal with it that way because- Mike's a pro. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I mean, if I know it's not fake, then I'll get it back and I'll resell it. Right. Like not a big deal. Uh, and then there have been times where there's been something that's sold and it's like, okay, I sold a board game and it was missing a couple of key components. And I said that it was complete and I think it was complete, but they're saying it wasn't complete. And so it's like, you know what? 
they're going to send it back to me incomplete where I can't sell it anymore. So it's just like, you know what? I'm sorry. Here's a refund. Just keep it. Right. Cause I'm not going to resell it at this mm-hmm. point. Like it's worth, it, it'll cost me more to have you ship it back to me. And so sometimes even working it like that, if it's a cheap enough item and it's going to be too difficult to, to try and resell and have shit back to you, just saying the like, whatever you can have it. Right. Like that at least appeases them. You don't get that negative feedback. It's good. I mean, that's how you should do it. You know? And so this saga has been going on for a month now, unfortunately, not because of what's going on right now, but eBay and their spring seller update pretty much said that there's no deadline for returns. Mm. I mean, they didn't say there isn't one, but they didn't specify what it is because you used to be able, like after five business days, call eBay, close the return. Those days are done. So this individual claims those fake and I never have addressed it. I've never. Don't ever get into an argument with the buyer whether things are real or not, right? If it's real, you don't have to defend yourself. Like that's their call. Let them return it. You're going to flip it again. It's not worth it. I really do believe that if you begin to argue that point, eBay is, you know, caring about the customer more than you as they should be because that that's what brings in the money is customers. And so I know that sounds, was that abrasive a little bit? What I said right there? No, I mean, it's, I don't know if that's quite necessarily accurate though, because if you've got, if you've got a customer who isn't a very loyal customer is not on the, the platform buying a lot and you're a, a big profile seller and you're selling right, lots of right. items, I think eBay is going to care more about you than they are because... So is there like a, there is a, like a social media influencer button on the right? No, no, no. It's, it's, not, <laughs> social, it's not social media. No, no, I'm messing it's, around. I always wondered that though. Like, like what if one of some of the big time YouTubers, like if they call concierge, does like an alert come up? Like this person is a YouTuber or, the, you know, I wonder. Take care of, take care of what you say. Cause it might end up on the We should have asked Doug. We should, I, I wonder, like I, I, I honestly do wonder. I don't know if he would know. I mean, that would be a call center thing. We should, we got to get into the call center. And I want to know. I want to know. I mean, okay. We had customer account, like notes that we'd keep when I worked at direct TV and we had uh cause I was, I was a dispatching supervisor, uh, but we kind of had like a call center. So like, um, customers could call in if they had an issue with their technician and things like that. And so, yeah, customers, we'd have a log of like previous conversations that we've had. So you'd always have to write up a little like explanation. And yeah, there were codes and things you'd put in if it was like a customer who was like likely to complain or going to cuss at you or do this or like this one asks for whatever, or this is a super nice customer. Make sure to take care of them next time they call in. Like, so, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a running record of your account. So when you call in, it pops up with like how many sales you have, what your current rating is. Are you top rated? How many calls have you had? Have you been nice to their, how many negative YouTube videos with (laughs) 10,000 views have you had, you know? So yeah, no, it's possible. Okay. Came back to the story. So, this individual, I send them the email. Hey, I'm sorry. The item didn't meet your expectations. Here's a link for you to print out a return label. Don't hear anything for a week. Contact me again. Hey, I tried printing a, a label. Please send me a label. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that you know, you're unable to print, print a label. Here's the link again. Just try it again. If you have an issue, contact me and I'll try to resolve things with eBay. Zero. I've heard nothing. Now, unfortunately, I can't close this return right now. But again, I really do believe that the call you should always make is, now, this is if you have a return policy, this is the strength of a return policy, right? That you can protect yourself and just say, hey, if you're unhappy, you're welcome to return it. And then if they don't return it, right, and they give you a negative feedback, you call eBay and say, hey, I give them the option. Most of the time, eBay will side with you and will remove the negative feedback. And that's been at least my my view of things and from my, you know, 
anecdotal evidence from other resellers. So, so anyways, hope that helps some people out there. Yeah. All right. Are we, time, are we ready for our next section? We are ready for our All next right. section. Which is the greatest news that we're bringing to you because you deserve it. And we're going to give you the truth. You Unbiased, legitimate, real news for you, our listener. Orlando, take it away. All right. So <laughs> I'm not a news anchor, but hey, there, there's so much going on right now. Like, here's the thing. We always try to push, like, we would record these update episodes and usually like the weekend, right? Before Wednesday. But now we're trying to like, either we'll do it on Wednesday or, we'll, or like right now we're recording it the day before Wednesday, right? Tuesday. Right? That's, that's the day that, before that, Wednesday. That usually, okay. most of the time. I don't know. These days, who knows? Like every day is the same. Every day. You know, it's, it's, isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like I still have like a pretty set schedule, uh, but the days definitely do feel different. Well, yeah, because you're still teaching, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, I, and I, I do my one, one class a week on Mondays, but man, it's, it's just getting like, you know, I'm used to doing certain things with my boys on certain days and it's like every day is a Saturday, right? Yeah. So. Except every day is a Saturday with no garage sales. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Groundhog's day. It, it really is. All right. So the first thing, eBay has a new CEO. All right. I, I didn't know that. I'll have to look this person up. Is this individual uh, come with a good reputation? Yes. So I, I'm excited about this guy. I'm kind of shocked that this happened. I uh, His name, I'm going to destroy his last name, but I destroy everybody's last name. So yeah. his name is, that look like a Jamie? Uh-huh. Yannon? Yannone? Yannone or Yannon? What are the two? Jamie, if you want to correct your last name, you're welcome to be on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, give, give us a call. Uh, we'd love to have you on. 619-738-1170. Yeah. We'll do a Zoom call. That's right. Jamie. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so First of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our 
link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. All right. So, so he comes, he, he actually is an old school eBay guy. He worked on in eBay during the days of Meg Whitman. Remember Meg Whitman? She ran for yep, governor yep, in California yep, back yep, in the day. Yep, yep. So he helped eBay years ago. Uh, he also here's a here's a here's a positive thing I like about it that he's coming over from Walmart on the e-commerce side, but he's coming over after getting promoted at Walmart. Right. So this isn't a guy that like had to resign or like lost his job and was looking like this is a guy that they they had to vet. Right. So he's done a lot with their eBay side and he, uh, not their eBay. I'm he's done e-commerce. a lot with their e-commerce side. All right. And so starting April 27th, he is taking the position of CEO. Nice. So I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Now he's done a lot of turnaround things as far as e-commerce on, on the Walmart side. So I think he understands eBay. He understands Walmart. He actually did. He it says he ran the e-commerce unit of Walmart unit Sam's Club and worked as eBay at, at eBay as vice president in other roles from 2001, 2009. So he, he remembers the quote unquote good old days of eBay too. So I don't know. I, I you know, I, hey, if nothing else, we've got, we've got uh, some leadership, which means we've got someone steering the boat, which means we can start going to go up. Well, we can start moving in, in a direction, right? Like it's one thing. Cause like, if you don't know where you're going as a company and and even as like a seller on the platform, like some people, you know, might not be thinking that big of picture. They're just thinking about their store, which is fine. But, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, like what's the future of this platform going to be when there's this unknown out there of like who's going to come in and be in charge or what's the mission, what's the vision uh, without those, those certainties in place, you're kind of just left in limbo. Now with a leader, even if there's a vision that you might not agree with completely, at least you know what direction the company is going, what types of things you're going to plan on doing, uh, and then you can get behind it or make decisions informed based off of that. So yeah, it's a good thing, you know, one way or the other, whether he's great or terrible. I mean, at least, at least there's somebody at the, uh, the helm. I, I agree. And, and here's the thing. I was already encouraged by the people that were currently running it. I thought I thought they did a, a good job. Uh, you had Scott Schlenkel. <laughs> I think that's his name. He was a, he was a, he's the CFO and he is CEO, interim CEO. And then you had Harry Temkin too, and mm-hmm. awesome people. So just encouraged. Like I, you know, maybe we'll get eBay open back six feet apart. But maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, so encouraged by that. Now on the Amazon side, this is crazy. Do you know Amazon already hired their 100,000? Did they? Despite nice. all the... Now, I will say this. Amazon, I, I, it's very hard to find good news about Amazon. Like, if you go online, it's like everything's anti-Amazon. Yeah. Right? Even, even our own president's anti-Amazon. But Amazon hired 100,000 people. And now they're looking to hire 75,000 more. Yeah. I mean, if you're living in a time, which we are, where companies are furloughing employees left and right, um, it's good to know that like there are there are places that people can go. Or even even if you're 
even if you're able to live off of maybe unemployment, you were furloughed from a really high position, Amazon's entry-level position, it's not worth it to move in there at this time. Um, even to think like that there are positions open for low-skilled employees, not that all of them are going to be low-skilled employees, but I just think of like how many high schoolers, how many people who are in college right now who are going to have a very, very difficult time getting a job because they don't have a resume built up of years and years of experience in fields, whereas Amazon is the type of company hiring They've already hired 100,000. They're going to hire 75,000 more where these people can get in. They can help support their families and however that looks like for them. But they're also going to be able to start building that resume. So when things start to get back to normal, they can move into to higher paying positions or better companies or wherever they want to be, as opposed to, you know, right now, if there's no companies hiring, if all these companies that that would hire those workers are furloughing, they're going to be stuck without a resume, which is really going to hurt them mm-hmm. when they're competing for jobs. So, you know, I definitely think there's a there's a big positive to that. Yeah, and it's funny because Bezos can't get away from negative press. Even on TikTok, there's I don't know if you've seen the one where he's visiting a warehouse, and it's like the Darth Vader, like the Empire music in the back. Dun dun dun. He's like walking through, and I'm like, this poor guy. I mean, granted, I'm not a fan either, but you know, I I don't know. I guess when you reach a certain, I guess when you have that much money, you're like, eh, whatevs, like, right? Okay. Here's the other upside of that though. So Amazon now is allowing some non-essential FBA items to be shipped into warehouses, right? So that's encouraging to me. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen my stuff. So some people are getting some items allowed, some aren't. And so it's going to be a slow process. I'm probably going to stick. Here's the weird thing. What was my vow? Do you remember in the beginning of February? What was I going to do? You were moving more towards uh, eBay? Yeah. And so that's what I... Here's crazy. Did I think a pandemic would force me to really make that happen? No. But I'm enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying having control over my inventory, over my prices, over my returns. And so... I may just keep doing eBay and maybe, you know, once I can do some retail arbitrage. But here's the thing. Do you know that Ross's, we don't know when they're going to open again. Like there's been talk that they may, I don't know, Ross, TJ Maxx, Marshalls. Some of those stores have been talking about some of those stores may never open again. Mm. Right. And and right now, Kohl's and Macy's, and this is the other reseller topic we're going to talk about. Kohl's and Macy's right now are extending their closures. And some of them are going to be indefinitely. So that's going to change the entire landscape. So a few things to think about, right? With Amazon, there's opportunity again, right? For non-essentials, right? Now, I do have a lot of people that DM us like, hey, I want to start Amazon FBA. Unless you're doing private label, you have a wholesale connection. That's really hard right now. Yeah. Right? I would say to start with eBay, start with eBay. But if you're able to get that connection, you have the unfair advantage, especially if you're in certain categories like groceries and health and beauty. But there's a disadvantage to that, and I'll talk about that in a moment. So with these stores clothing, clothing, closing. They are clothing stores. They are. They are. I think a couple of things are going to happen. One, I think there will be more competition for certain things. Right? Because what's going to happen? So eBay, one of the programs that they've done is they allow brick and mortar right now to have eBay stores at no cost, right? So a lot of people are shifting. So you're going to have more competition, right? And in, in certain areas. But the other thing is there's also going to be a lot more people going online to shop, right? Which 
it's possible that a lot more people will be coming to eBay and that, you know, and lot, you know, it's weird. Maybe I'll, maybe you were, you were, you were on the same, right? That eBay giving free listings wasn't like as big of a deal as I made it out to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, am I the only one? No. Yeah. No, I, I said that. I didn't think it was great. Yeah, I know. you. I, I still think it's great. I, I think it's, no, I think it's good. I'm the only one though. I think in the entire social media sphere that believes that. I, I just think though, if they were to say like, these listings that you list now are going to indefinitely have no listing fees. That yeah, would be yeah, different than yeah. to say like, there's no listing fees this month, list everything. And then next month you're going to be stuck with a $200 bill for all these things that didn't sell. But here's the other side of that. So right now, you know, I'm at like over 2,100 listings now. Like I've been listening like a salve. and yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have a higher bill. All good. I'm, I'm having more sales because I have more product. Right. So it's not going to, it's not going to negatively affect me unless I spent that 50,000 listings, which is obnoxious and sold and listed a bunch of junk. If you list a bunch of junk, but if you're listing quality items that are going to sell, then you're going to be better off by taking advantage of that. So you'll get a few hundred dollars in your pocket. And on top of that, it motivated you to put more listings up, which makes more sales, which creates more profit. Yeah. I just think they should get rid of the, uh, I think I think they like if they were to do that. I think right insertion now, fees should go away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you both are agreed on insertion that. fees or store fees, like one or the other. Like just just remove one uh, for for right now, and I think that would be I think that would be more impactful than saying like here is like a free list of insertion fees for a limited time. So a new CEO, if you listen to PRSO podcast, no more insertion fees. Yeah, I mean. Or or keep the insertion fees, but get rid of the store fees, right? Like one or the other, um, but like find a way to make it. Because I understand like there's the idea of like everybody will say like, but then there's knockoff jewelry that'll come from other countries, right? And they, they want to prevent like tons and tons of listings of these knockoff products. So by having this, it's like it incentivizes people to only list the best stuff. Okay, I get that. So then still have that or only charge, you know, the, the, the fee when an item sells, right? Like do it that way. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like they're, they're double dipping in lots of areas. I mean, still love eBay. It just seems a little antiquated. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. So encouraged about those things that are happening now. Amazon is also ending their own shipping program now. So remember we talked about how like they ended its thing as FedEx and now they're, you know, back in relationship with FedEx. But I, I, I really, I, I think Amazon figured out they took on more than they could. Yeah, well, especially right now. I mean, now. I mean, yeah, right time. now is crazy, crazy. But this is encouraging. Now, I want to tie that into another story because, yeah, that the Amazon ending the shipping program. What that says for me is that I think MF Merchant Fulfilled is going to play a bigger role on Amazon now, right? I think as far as in the next however long we go through the scenario. Now, if people start getting comfortable again, right, with you know going to the grocery store or getting health and beauty products or getting whatever essentials, then that's going to tone down and maybe Amazon will bring it back. Right. But right now, like, I mean, I myself, like I don't, I'm in California and you know, I know I'm being super cautious, but I only place I go to is post office. And if I can order anything, I order anything online pretty much most of the time from eBay. Right. My, my beard balm and my, my razors for my head and you know, Diamonds and do if I need to, but I didn't see many sellers for diamonds and do on eBay. But all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So have you heard this on the news cycle about USPS isn't going to make it past June? 
Uh, I haven't. I mean, I know, um, and and you know, we we got into a little bit of a uh, a debate on comment section a while back where people were saying that the USPS is is not running in the red, but the USPS has been running in the red for a long time, right? Well, like mm-hmm. like significantly running in the red, and so um, and and that even goes to the idea of like. Would there be benefits of privatizing? We already see like FedEx and and UPS are forced to run at a benefit or, you know, to be able to make a profit. And I think there's a way to to subsidize mail so that places like, you know, that are that are harder to get to rural areas can still get their daily mail. Right. And that would be fine but run the USPS in a way that would be profitable. And I don't know, I haven't specifically heard that they were going to be, you know, could potentially only go till June, but I could see that them running in a deficit for so long, losing money year after year after year. I mean, that money's got to come from somewhere, right? Well, let let me, I did some research about this because I was, you know, so many people and I appreciate all you guys sending us these stories because it's good. Like we want to talk about this stuff on on the podcast. And so there's a few things here. Uh, first of all, is that this whole thing about the USPS losing money was already a thing before the pandemic happened. Yeah, for sure. Right. And we already had talked about it before. So it's not like things have changed. And actually, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, I, I would think the post office is making more money now than they were before the pandemic. Right. Because Amazon like uses the post office to carry the last leg of the mile sometimes. Right. So I'll get Amazon packages all the time from my post office. They'll come in on their post office truck and it's Amazon package that they're dropping off, right? So one thing we didn't talk about, and again, we're not trying to be partisan or political, but back in 06, something happened that caused this to happen. This is why this is for my own research. And if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments, right? But this is a, in 06, there, there was a postal accountability and enhancement. You know, ruin this already. There was a postal accountability and enhancement act of 2006. Right. And so basically the law required the post office, which receives no taxpayer subsidies. You know, we, we, our taxes don't go to the post office. Okay. Now Congress oversees it. That's in our constitution, but no taxes go to the post office to pre-fund its retirees health benefits up to the year 2056. Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. This is a 5 billion per year cost. It is a requirement that no other, and I'm reading this from a, from a Bloomberg news report from a while back. It is a requirement that no other entity, private or public, has to make. And by the way, we love everybody who listens that works for the post office. So we're not, we're just talking about what happened. So keep your benefits. Like that's a benefit to you. We wanted to say. If that doesn't meet the definition, oh, I'm not going to read the opinion here. Without this obligation, the post office actually turned the profit because they end up paying $5 billion per year to do that. Yeah. I mean, the hard part though is, to say to say that they're running a profit without that though is kind of disingenuous because if part of your fees or part of what you're going to have to do is if you know you've got people who are going to be retiring or who are currently retired and you have to pay their 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 pension if you're to say like well we're making money if you don't count the fact that we have to pay these people that we're promising to pay that that doesn't make sense like you're only making money if you can make the money and also pay the people that you're promising to pay like you can't say like well and that's the thing when this passed maybe the expectation was there or maybe it didn't i don't know i don't know how did they think figure that out like did they pass something knowing that it was going to be at a loss i mean well the hard part though is like i guess i would assume it was in order to prevent them from having some kind of a uh 
needing some kind of a bailout, right? Because it's like, if they're not receiving taxpayer money and they're promising X number of employees that you're going to be making X amount for the rest of your life when you retire, but we don't have any way of paying you, I could see why Congress would say like, okay, well, if you're promising to pay them that money and you don't have the money, that's wrong, right? Like you need to be able to to actually pay them the money. Well, it's like, well, we can't pay them the money. Well, then you're, you're but not there's actually no, making the profit. But there's no, yeah. And then the crazy thing is there's no, what the argument is too, that there's no company like FedEx or UPS, no one pre-funds things automatically. You know what I mean? Like no longer how, how long the person is with the company, no longer... Like, yeah, but usually those companies, usually private companies are, are 401k mm-hmm. or 403b. They're not, they're not a pension. So if it's a, if it's a, a pension, that's different because yeah, what you're doing in a pension like that is you're taking current employees are paying for, um, out of, out of, you know, some, something coming out of their income or profit that the company is making right now is going to pay previous employees, right? That's how a pension works. So it's mm-hmm. not, it's not that you've saved the money yourself. It's that the company will pay you based off the money they have. So in a 401k, I'm putting money in and maybe there's company match, but I'm putting money into an account. That account is in a, accumulating uh, dividends. It's mm-hmm. growing interest. It's 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 developing. And then when I retire, I pull my own money that I put in that has grown. A pension, on the other hand, is, you know, just for our listeners who, who maybe you're only in a 401k industry and you're not familiar with how pensions work, you just get paid. Like you didn't, you haven't been saving that whole time, but Typically, it comes from either the company's profit or you're paying while you're an employee there. There's like a fee that you pay, but just currently paying other people's pension. But that's what I'm saying. This is different. This isn't coming from either of those. This is coming from like, this is a guarantee regardless of profit, regardless of anybody paying in, like this is guaranteed, right? And so th- that's that's what the major issue is that whenever this was decided upon, whoever decided upon it, like, I'm wondering if they decided like, I guess we'll figure it out. Like, when things get bad, but well, but it, it's almost the opposite. I would think. I mean, and and I could be wrong, so I don't have I don't have all of the information in front of me. But if you were to say like, okay, companies with pensions don't have to do this, because the reason why other companies that have pensions, or not companies, but usually it's a it's government that have pensions. Um, the reason they probably don't have to prefund it is because they are getting taxpayer money. They can always increase taxes later on down the road to to increase and to pay the pensions. Um, and that's what so many of the things like if you live in California, we've got over a dollar per gallon of tax. And well, and that's what, but that's what I'm trying to argue is the fact. I'm not trying to argue. I'm just trying to point out that this this basically uh, entity was told to function as a government institution without taxpayer funding, right? And that's the problem, right? And that's why people. Uh, you know, are making the argument is the president's making the argument that we should privatize the USPS because then we can actually look at the dollars and cents, make it profitable. And you know what, what it it may create. And again, we, we had a debate on comments last time about that, but what may create is more innovation in the sense that, okay, UPS and FedEx where the big players are going to have to figure out, okay, now that the UPS is, you know, a privatized business and now they're going to be in a for profit, right? Maybe they're going to extend more, right? And it's going to create, and they're, because right now nobody can compete with the USPS, right? But it's because they're operating technically at a loss, but they're not, hmm. right? And so, so the issue is now is how, how is the UPS, uh, USPS going to continue on? And so I believe the USPS is going to be around. I just don't know if it's going to be around the way it is right now. I mean, it, it, 
it seems like it's trying to walk this line of being government and private at the same time. And so it needs to go into one or the other camp. So wherever you fall on this, you might say this should be fully government, right? Like it needs to not be privatized at all, but if it's going to be fully government ran, then it needs to be taxpayer support. hundred percent. I I would think that makes sense. Or you go the other way and you say it needs to be privatized. And instead of doing a pension, they should probably do a 401k like other businesses do, right? Like you save the money for yourself to retire and the, and your company helps you with it, right? Like you, you, you're trying to, they're trying to almost get the benefits from both. But what it's causing is they're also taking on the negative impacts of both that don't mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing, so in this last bailout for the, you know, the whole pandemic happening, they were trying, people were trying to get money for it. And the only thing that was passed was a $10 billion loan. And which will make it go through September. Now, a lot of, let's get to the reselling side of it. I think we got a little bit into, I don't know if we got into politics or fiscal, economics, economics, okay. But, you know, people are like, oh no, what's going to happen to our businesses? Here's the thing. People are still going to want their goods. People are still going to be willing to pay for their goods. So let's say the USPS does privatize and let's say all the fees go up, right? First class goes up, right? Because... I mean, it did go up. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like a 16-ounce package, first class is almost as much as a priority. And so I usually, most of the time, if it ends up getting that high, I may just go priority just for customer you know, service, right? But here's the thing. You just charge. It's like gas. We pay obnoxious amounts for gas, but the gas that we buy is maybe only worth 50 cents a gallon. But we pay all these taxes. Well... The, so the 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 end the end game is you charge the buyer, yep. right? You raise your shipping prices, and and so it's not going to stop people from buying, right? No one's going to go like, hey, I really wanted this, but man, this went up a dollar in shipping. Like it's not your fault, right? It's it's the post office, it's it's FedEx, it's U USPS. I mean, it's UPS. So the hard part though is when you're competing against Amazon, which. I'm, you know, I'm normally well, like, well, that's the other thing we even talked about yeah. that one. Normally I'm, I'm team, team free market. And I, I, I believe Amazon is. So am I, what are you saying about No, me? no, no, no. I, but what the point I'm trying to make though is where I think it's tough when you're competing with a company like Amazon, which I think is great and it's innovative and it's, it's, it's helped so many people. It's reduced the prices on so many things and it's ensured that we're getting high quality products and not buying junk, right? Like Amazon has done so many good things, but because they're a company that's willing to run at a deficit intentionally in order to continue to expand and grow in order to get a, a more powerful foothold in the market, um, they're willing to lose money on shipping, right? Like they're willing mm-hmm. to let that cut into their profit. And I think they get a better deal with USPS because of the, the volume. Bulk. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so it's tough because yeah, you might say customers might not be like, Oh, like shipping across the board has gone up a dollar per item on everything I buy. Oh, well it's everybody unless I buy an Amazon and shipping hasn't gone up at all. Right. Like, so that's where it gets tough. And so it's going to continue to eat into the pockets of small business people until small business people and entrepreneurs find ways to innovate, find ways to, you know, reduce their costs other ways. Like Amazon might be able to have the edge, the unfair advantage in that sense, but you are going to have the unfair advantage potentially in other areas, right? Like, can you get that customer relationship going? Can you get items out quicker? Maybe not if it's two day, but right now you can. Can Are there things you can do to reduce your overhead? Maybe you're not having to worry about workman's comp because you're on a one person employee, right? Whereas they're dealing with employees getting injured and dealing with those costs. So like, how can you say, okay, I'm going to pay, I'm going to let this cut into my profit a little bit so I could still get the sales knowing that's just part of the overhead of being a one employee business. 
Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, I, I just wanted to bring this up just because it's we get a lot of DMs, a lot of messages about it. But the other thing is, hey, our businesses are still going to function if people want their items. So let's say the USPS completely goes away. Let's say it doesn't get privatized. Let's say it doesn't get bailed out. It just disappears. There will be innovation and there will be other companies that are going to look for profit. I think about right now, the perfect example is Instacart. Like Instacart, you know what I'm talking about what Instacart is? Uh, I mean, I've heard tons about it, but I've it's no killing it right now. Like resellers are doing Instacart, and and you know, and I personally, I'm not going to just because I, I don't care. I know I don't care to get out there right now. Like I like staying at home and knowing I'm doing what I can to stay stay healthy. But if you're willing to take the risk, like right now, Instacart is hiring thousands of people because people don't want to go out and shop for their own groceries, and so in and Instacart is actually probably cutting to Amazon profits. Mm. Right. Where if Instacart didn't exist, people are like, oh, I guess I'll just go to Amazon. But now there's this whole new thing, Instacart, where like you pay somebody to get groceries for you. I mean, I, I didn't even know what Instacart was three months ago. Yep. Right. And now it's part of my, not my everyday vocabulary, but I hear about it a lot. Right. Right. So be encouraged. Businesses in reselling will continue to thrive even if the USPS goes away, which I hope it doesn't. I really love it. And I really hope. Something gets done. I'm not saying government-wise. I'm not saying privatized. Something gets done somehow to keep rates where they're at because it's kind of nice. Yeah, agreed. So, all right. So this was something I, I knew about, but I didn't think about till now. So not that we're in like the Great Depression and banks are going to fail, but do you know that PayPal is not FDIC insured? Uh, have they ever been? No. All right. Well, I mean, so it doesn't change much, but... Um, do you keep a balance in PayPal? A uh, very very small balance. I don't keep a big enough balance. What's what's FDIC? Um, hundred thousand. Well, it's more than a hundred thousand initially. Yeah, it's kind of okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't use it as a bank account for sure, right? Like for two reasons. One, I mean, I, I like to keep a little bit of a balance there, primarily just in case there's fees or I have to pay something really quick, or sometimes I buy something for the business and I can just take it out of PayPal. Mm -hmm. um, but you should always be putting money into into a business account for a few reasons, right? Like. One, it's it's capital that you can use. You've got better control over your numbers, right? Instead of having it in multiple accounts. And then two, if you've got an excess, if you're like, well, I've got enough in my my business account. Um, and so I just keep extra sitting in PayPal. Well, if you've literally got extra that you don't need, put it in a, a high yield interest account, right? Like find a way to make your money make money. Don't let it be lazy money for you. So I wouldn't, I would never PayPal is lazy money because it's not, it doesn't. It doesn't produce any income for you. Yeah. And for a long time, it, was, it wasn't it was like lazy money for me. It was more I liked having a hefty balance in there in case I ever wanted to make a big purchase. Yeah. But what I mean saying that it's lazy money is... Oh, yeah. You're not making money. You're on not it. making money. Yeah. On it, agreed. Right? Agreed. It's not working for you. Yeah. And so the thing is... So I've shared this before. It's like PayPal before the pandemic was charging a fee. It was like a $10 fee up to whatever to transfer money within minutes. If you didn't pay that fee, it would take like three days. They eliminated all that, right? So now you can well, get- Well, they've got to with uh, things like Venmo and stuff, right? Well, yeah. And and the, you know, and the fact that they're still stealing 2.9% on returns. That's a whole other discussion. So PayPal, I, I thought about this. I had a hefty balance in there. I'm like, not that things were going to go bad. I'm like, but if things go bad, I better get this out of here. So I got it out of there because I, I forgot. Like, you know, I got lazy and, you know, I'm just like, whatever. It was kind of nice. Like I had my eBay balance in there. I'm like, okay, I need to pay myself. So I would take out that money and keep that other money there. And I would make bigger purchases doing that. But 
just be aware of that. I know I'm not the only one that, because there was a long time for a few years that I kind of used PayPal like a bank account and it wasn't the right call. Mm. I just, I didn't think about it. So if, remember, they're not insured. So if PayPal were to do anything, which they have been known to like, just shut down people's accounts for no reason. And that money's gone. Serious. Or if you were to get hacked, I mean, that's a big yeah. part of it too, right? Is like, if, if, if it were to look like somebody says that they, that I sent them $40,000 and I really didn't, well, if it's not FDIC insured, well, you, you might be out that money. Yeah. So don't keep your money in PayPal. Yeah. Is, that, is that the moral of the, of the story here? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not financial advice. It's just, I personally don't because it's not insured. And you usually don't need to, because you can use PayPal to connect to your credit cards, right? So if you can make a purchase through PayPal yeah. and just have it pay instead of your PayPal balance, just have it, you know, click on which credit card you want the the balance to come from. So, or even your debit card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So, um, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to hold house a lot of money and there's no, probably there's nothing wrong with having thousand dollars or less in there of like, you know, just in case you've got, if you're, if you got a lot of velocity going through your store and money's coming in, it stacks up for a little bit or you got some fees. Well, I keep a hefty out. amount for returns. Right. Yeah. No, right. that's a good idea. But, um, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't let it be a savings account. If you've got 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, $100,000 in there, like it, you either one need to be using that as capital or two put that if you're not, if you're literally have nothing to do with it, you're like, I've just got that money sitting there and which I can't imagine is the case, but but throw it in a high interest bank account and at least let it make some money for you. Yeah. Throw buy some stocks now, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, interesting stock markets keeps going up. Yeah, we're uh I think and, and again whoa, 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 I'm, a, I'm a nobody, but I think we're in a I think we're in a we have no liability, we are not experts at all. Da, da, da. What's that? I don't feel like we have to say that because we talk about we talk about reselling and business stuff all the time. Like nah, we're not yeah. experts on anything. That's true. That's true. We're always learning. You know what I want to do is I would let, no, we're not going to do that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about price gouging one more time. All right. So a lot of people are getting hit hard. So here's the thing you got to understand with Amazon right now. If you are selling on Amazon and your stuff is selling, let's say you get through, let's say the algorithm doesn't hit you. And this has happened on eBay and Mercari too. There's a lot of buyers now either a returning it and saying now the old way used to be like, Hey, I found this cheaper somewhere else. And now it's like, you're price gouging. How dare you? And they give you like this lecture and then they return the item. And I know a lot of Amazon sellers are dealing with them right now with merchant fulfilled. So I'm getting a lot of DMS and a lot of messages from people. And on eBay, I had somebody today. So even on stuff like dumbbells, you know how dumbbells are right. making good money. Like somebody Got a message like that because there's on Mercari. They're like, "Oh, you're price gouging. Like this is this is wrong." And it's like, "Whoa!" Like things are shifting. So hopefully it doesn't happen to my Rain Spooner shirts where somebody's like, "You're price gouging Rain Spooner shirts." But just be aware, like certain things right now are being seen as essential. A big one right now on on Amazon is like, have you heard? Have you seen all the latest articles? Like, there's different stages of the pandemic buying. So first it was like toilet paper yeah. and his groceries. Now it's like. Um, clippers and hair dyeing. Oh, that's funny. That right? Makes sense. And so now a lot of sellers, ones that we personally have had on the show are getting slammed going, oh, you're price gouging, charging so much for hair dyeing because I can't make oh, it to geez. the salon. And I'm like, that, what? What is going on? It's just supply and demand. We are so America right now. Yeah. Well, a big part of it, and again, there's, 
I just want to say it's because a lot of times people don't don't think about the secondary and and tertiary issues that come from a decision, right? Like it yeah, sounds you got to define the second word. I never heard that word until I was in my master's program. So like like you got secondary and then like third, like it's moved a little bit more. Like it's not necessarily connected what, directly. What's that word to again? It's a good word. Tertiary. I love that word. So I can't it, pronounce it, but it's a good word. So it's like so it's like not the primary thing. So like the primary thing is like okay, you're charging X amount. And this is the problem that it's causing. Well, there's other things that come, right? We can make a decision. Like we're going to put a cap on what you can spend on something. So like you can only charge $10 a bottle for hair dye, right? Well, then there's an issue with that is, okay, well then there's, everybody's buying hair dye and then people can't get it, right? So if you've got some, or I'll use another example because it's really big right now is Nintendo Switches, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've got a Nintendo Switch, used, new, whatever, you're going to give it to your kid for the birthday. Oh, and there's controversy about that too. Is that- Even on our next door app, like one lady's like, can't find one and I refuse to pay more than $300. And well, I'm that's like, fine. Well, you can refuse. That's fine. That, you can that, refuse that, and you won't market. have a switch. But yeah, and that's the idea. It's like, okay, so if I have one and somebody's like, I, I really want one, I can't get it. And, and I was like, well, I'll give it to you for $50 more. And then somebody else, else is like, well, I'll give you. And that, that's a free market, right? It's like, if there's not enough of them and more people want them, not everybody can get them at 300. Cause then you're still going to have the same issue of now you got a bunch of people sitting around not having them. What if I was like, but I have one that I don't really need, but I don't want to sell it for 300, right? Like, because there's people who really, really, really want this thing. I can get more for it, right? Like that doesn't mean it's price gouging. It means the market's fluctuating to try and find if the supply is too low and the demand is too high, the price has to go up to meet it. It's economics 101, right? I think we've explained this so much already, Mike. Well, I, well, I agree, but if, well, you're the one that said you want to talk about price gouging. <laughs> no, so, but I didn't mean that. I just wanted to make people aware. No, but I agree with you. Like 100%. I think what you're saying is valid. I, it, It's unfortunate right now that it's not being seen that way, though. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's... We're... we're I mean... <laughs> We're almost like Milton Friedman to the point and in our views about the free market, but it's like the free market in the sense, number one, it prevents black markets. Like, here's the sad thing. When I have to see an Instagram post, like, Hey, I got a connection with N95 mass. If you need some for your grandparents, hit me up. That should never have to happen. But why has that happened? Because now, right. All this hoarding took place and individuals that may have sold it on the free market are refusing to even sell it at all because now it's it's against the law, right? Yeah. Because work, you know, the, and, and I get it. We're in that kind of time. But before things really got to that level, things were already happening where things were getting removed. Like I hand sanitizer, like. I have to spend hours and I have to contact this person and get this person or I have to go, okay, I have some aloe vera at home and I have some rubbing alcohol. I can mix it and I can make my own, right? But it's just, it's it's wild, man. It's wild. So, all right. I wasn't trying to cut you off. No, you're good. So, okay. All right. I feel bad. Like you're like offended by me saying, Mike, we've already, we've already said this so many times, but it's so true. I'll just just remember that next time you're saying something that we've talked about before, I'll just. Orlando, we've talked about this a million times. No, but again, let the free market take care of itself. And there, there are problems. I mean, and I think there are, again, it's a, it's complicated issues. Like, am I advocating like going into somebody going into the store, buying all of like the life-saving medicine that people need and then charging an abundance for it. If it's like, no, don't create false supply issues. Like if there's enough supply, there's no reason to have an issue. Now that's not always the way the market works. And there's going to be times when it's those high prices that trigger 
the companies that are producing this stuff to recognize. Because yeah, it's one thing when we're in a, a, a crisis and we realize, okay, companies that normally make, I don't know, thingamabobs now are going to switch over and start making N95 masks because they need to, th th there's a demand for them, right? But that's when it's like, okay, there's a, a specific demand, but companies don't always know, right? Like, does did Nintendo know there was going to be a need to shut down productions on certain things and make more switches until they realized like, hey, people are paying, paying an exorbitant price for these items, right? Because there's not enough of them. We need to ramp up production and maybe even charge a little bit more for them until we can start meeting this, you know, mm -hmm. demand, right? And so those become those prices, those high prices become triggers for the companies that are making them to say, hey, or companies who don't make it like, okay, so Nintendo or Nintendo switches are, are trademarked. But if it's like a, a generic item, face masks, not the 95 ones, but just regular ones. If all of a sudden you're seeing that a, a, a homemade sewn face mask is selling for 15 or $20 and you're like, Hey, I can make a bunch of these. So you start making them and you start selling them for 15 or $20. Now people are getting them. Now a bunch of people are doing that. Now there's too many of them on the market. And so now they go down to $5 a piece because now there's too many people making them. Oh no. And that's happened. Yeah. But if you made it, if you made a law and said you could only charge $5 for a mask, then all these people who've got sewing machines would be like, that's too much time. I don't want to make them for five bucks. Well, yeah. Now you have a shortage, right? So by allowing the high price actually incentivizes people to go into production, which then increases a, makes a uh, surplus of supply, which drives down prices, right? Like you want that temporary price influx because that is what fixes the market. Yeah. And one of my, one of my good reseller friends locally, she was making a ton of masks. And then once, the report came out, you know, with the president and Dr. Fauci about, hey, we recommend everyone wear a mask when they're out. Like the market flooded. Yep. Right. And now you have all these options. Now you can get cool masks if yep. you want. Right. But that's a good thing. Like That's what you want. But if they would have said, but you can only charge two dollars per mask, nobody would have made masks. Well, I know. And that, that and that's yeah, we're on the same page. Yep. 100%. All right. So anyways, the, the motive behind and all that before that was, hey, be aware. Like you may innocently be listing something and you put it at a price because the market, right, deems it like that's how we do things, right? We look at comps and we're like, hey, we there's only one of this item and there's only one other seller. Maybe I could charge five, 10 bucks more. Like certain things right now, people are kind of being interesting about it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't. And, and from a good heart, right? Like you got to realize like a lot of times it's nobody is, is, even with wanting to pass laws like that, does it because they want to hurt people, right? Like they want... But I'm not even saying laws. I'm talking about buyers. Well, yeah, buyers, but like even things like Amazon, right? Like saying you can't do this. We can't send these in. We can't sell these for more than this price. They do it for for the, the right reasons. Like they want people to be able to get the items they need at the right oh, price. Oh, agreed. Well, agreed. they don't always think about the secondary issues of, but if we put a limit here, more people, fewer people will actually be able to get the items at all. Yeah, I mean, I think personally it's a PR move from Amazon. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, but as far as buyers, you know, it's just it's just interesting because you know it's funny. I I had posted about there was a set of uh, dumbbells that I could have picked up at the store shall not be named for fifty bucks, and I didn't pick them up because at the time I could only flip them for like a hundred, yeah. and after fees it was only gonna be twenty bucks. Now I could flip them for like two fifty. Yep. And those that same one, like if I had listed it. I probably would have had multiple people saying, hey, I can't believe you're selling them. You're, you're taking advantage of the scenario. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, okay, but if I'm not allowed to sell it for this price, I'm just going to keep them and yep. just work on myself. Would you rather not, Join be diabet. To, not be able to buy one or have to pay a little bit more for it? You know? I know. It's just, anyway. Anyways. All right. Just be aware.
Pure as a podcast bringing you reseller topics. That's right. News. News. Whatever you want to call it. All right. Let's talk about some. I'm ready for you to hit the next button. You don't want to do like our social media spiel? Oh, that's right. Okay. Hey, if you haven't had an opportunity yet, and a lot of you have, but we appreciate every single one of you. And you know, right now, Instagram, like we're always, well, we always are. We're always dropping info. And even now with, you know, even though I'm not going to thrift stores and Mike's unable to go to garage shows and that, we're still trying and working on bringing valuable content every single day, whether yeah. through IG storage or through posts. So if, make sure to follow us on Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, your yes, they always get me. Yeah. So on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, we are Pure Hustle Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pure Hustle Cast. That's right. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you should also come over to the YouTube site, hit that bell button and the notification so you're notified whenever we go live and so on. Hey, you're always welcome to give us a call. Hey, maybe you 100% disagree with us on some of this. Yeah. Call but, us. Let but, us know. But but do so respectfully. I've got a very sensitive heart, so <laughs> come on. You now. know, if you if you if you think we're wrong, we're definitely willing to have a conversation. But you know, if you're going to yell at us and tell me that I'm an idiot, I might cry. So don't. Do I, that. I would play that if if that happened to Mike. <laughs> I'd play that. So <laughs> to make me cry. Yes. <laughs> Give us a call six one nine seven three eight eleven seventy. That's six one nine seven three eight eleven seventy. Encourage them. Uh, you could also leave us an uh, an email, which I'd rather have the voicemail, right? Because we could play the voicemail on air. That's right. Right, email podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thank you for the reviews. We keep getting reviews even during this time, and we're really grateful. If there's any way you can help us, it's with reviews. Yep. The positive ones and uh, and uh, like, comment, share the uh, the YouTube and the podcast. Let 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 your friends know that uh, we're a couple of knuckleheads here talking about reselling and economics, and we don't really know much about anything. So uh, <laughs> yeah, know. great. That what 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 a <laughs> Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's at know. times like this that we I wish we could edit the podcast <laughs> at times like this. All right. Let, let's move on to something more positive. Anyway, thank you for all of you that follow us and listen to us consistently, even through these times. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right, you bring it first. Um, since you're talking about workout equipment, I think I think that's a that's a good bolo. And I mean, we talked about that before, obviously, like workout equipment specifically but i think workout apparel is one that not to overlook and not even just workout apparel right? like there's there's the obvious like if you got if you have access to weightlifting gloves if you've got um you know certain things like that that are are specifically for working out that's great but i've noticed right now specifically there is a big push at least in our area of san diego and i'm sure in other parts of the country where there's hiking available Hiking is getting really big right now. A lot of people, I mean, hiking is always big. Are people but, allowed to hike out here? Oh man, it's huge, right? Like you, you got to know that. I thought they shut down some of the areas. Well, that's the thing is, is even with like, like the back big, roads, big things shut down, like where, where, um, our fifth wheel is there are people like we typically get like four or five people walk by every single day. Cause there's some hiking trails out in the, uh, national forest, not too far from us. But, um, that number has gone up probably like hundred percent. Like we have significantly more people every single day. Every time we drive by places where they haven't shut down hiking or even just people on, on, on sidewalks, like people are wanting to get outside and they're wanting to move, right? Like when you're stuck inside, people are wanting to get outside. So think about it. If you've got 
if you've got some used hiking shoes, if you've got hiking backpacks, if you've got camelbacks, if you've got um, hats, if you've got the things that people are going to want for going outside and getting their body moving, get that stuff listed because those things are going to be selling right now as people are like, hey, I need a new pair of hiking boots or some hiking shoes or some running this or whatever it is. I need a new camelback. Like I'm noticing those things are flying off the shelf, especially if you've got big brands, if you've got Adidas, Nike, uh, Lululemon, if you've got those things, people are buying them. Or if you've got North Face or if you've got- and They're trying to work out Patagonia. indoors too. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. So the, the more types of things that you can get that, that are workout related, workout apparel, um, it's going to be selling right now. Always around this time, as we get close to the summer, uh, people start to realize like, oh, wait a minute, I got to get my beach body ready. Uh, so people start to work out anyways. But right now, I think more and more people who are stuck at home are wanting to get outside and get moving. Uh, and there's a certain feeling. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's just our human nature. You get into something like if you get into running, most people aren't just going to like run with their normal clothes or or just like regular like what like they're going to get the apparel. They want the headband. They want the the running uh, water hydration pack. They want like all the things that like the the big runners wear, or the big hikers, or whatever it is. People get all in. They want the brands. They want the styles. And so um, I I predict that hiking is going to increase, especially with so many hiking trails closing down. That as they start to open back up, there's going to be a flood of people wanting to get out onto the mountains, out out onto the trails. And so they're going to want to be prepared. They're going to be you know. Ready to have that cool, uh, that cool big hat on and the the their camelback and all that stuff. So if you've got it, list it, and if you don't have it, find a way to 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 do some sourcing now because you may be able to uh, flip it for some big money. Well, and yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, like today, it's really tough not to go out. Like it's 70, nice day, finally, seventy two degrees, clear skies. Yep. Like you and we've think, had rain for weeks, man. I know it made it even worse. Yeah, it's like three right? weeks of super rain. depressing. Uh, and I know some of you deal with that more. Like those of you that live in Seattle and other regions, yeah, like you do that to yourself. <laughs> okay, we have some awesome listeners. No, I, it's fine. I mean, I, I, you know, we pay a sun, sunshine tax to be here, but we man. pay a major sunshine tax. But uh, yeah, you know, you're right because with workout apparel, a lot of stuff that I used to send them to Amazon, like I've been selling on eBay for even more. And it's because I have the unfair advantage that I can ship it right away where Amazon's like, oh, it'll take three weeks. No, that's going to be changing here soon. But you do have that opportunity. Now, I'm going to talk about blank media again. And uh, we, I've, I don't know if I've shared this. Maybe we shared this back in the past. I mean, we've, we're at episode 140. So I'm sure at one point we talked about this. But I find that blank media is selling more now. And there's a reason why. And I believe it's because a lot of people are at home and they're, they have projects. Mm. Like they have those mini DV tapes that they need to transfer to DVD or they have those VHS tapes that they need to transfer over or, you know, they have cassettes or what, you know, whatever they're, they're tinkering, tinkering around with items. Right. So the other thing is that, you know, there's huge delay in shipping and from certain companies. And so, you know, that's another reason that people are going to eBay to buy stuff. And on top of that, you also have the scenario where, you know, not everybody has free shipping, right? So like if you go to Target, you have to spend $35 or more to get free two-day shipping. Well, if you can undercut Target's price and you can offer free shipping, right? You have that advantage, right? So, and it's, it, I think it's interesting that, you know, everything that's gone on has kind of leveled the playing field where us as eBay and Amazon sellers which we already were competitors with Target and Amazon and Target and Walmart. But now as eBay sellers, we're 
also competitors with Target and Walmart. So blank media, even, you know, it's crazy. Even VHS tapes right now, like it, it, it's wild. I just sold, uh, I don't know, like 30 or 40 blank DVD minus plus R W and Y K nine. I don't know what it was. It was, you know, one of those. Do you remember those? Yeah. Like I haven't used those Got in a, a long whole time. Stack of them. I know. So do I, when I test things, but, uh, yeah, if you got them and they're just sitting, like list them. And I know people are looking for them locally. So maybe you could do some porch pickups. It's good. Uh, all right. What are you looking forward to here? Two things. Um, and uh not exactly reselling related, because again, you know, things are just different right now. I'm 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 I think things are gonna continue the way they are, doing a little bit of sourcing on eBay and uh getting through death piles and organizing stuff. But the two things I'm kind of looking forward to this week, one of them is uh I'm planning on building an owl box okay uh, and this came because uh i think last episode or the episode before you mentioned the next door app and so i finally downloaded oh, yeah, the next door yeah. app right and i see that there's somebody Great tool for sourcing our, yeah exactly and so i saw that in our area there's somebody selling owl boxes and so i did some research and tried to find other ways to get them and this person's charging like 300 dollars a piece for them right wow which is you know they're good owl boxes they look great price gouging um, but it they're you know they're they're pricey and um we are on a lot of land and there are mice everywhere and it is really annoying when mice get into our fifth wheel and like i don't want them chewing up wires and so um, if you have an owl box there's a good chance that within a couple of years owls will nest there and they they take care of rodent problems that are like amazing for that and so um i did all the research and i think i can make it for like 50 bucks and a few hours huh. right as opposed to 300 dollars, which even gets me thinking like i don't necessarily want to be competition with the guy in our area who's doing this but it's like hey like i can do it cheaper charge you know 299 <laughs> Um, so that, I mean, that's one, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. My wife's really excited about it. And so it's just a project, right? Like I built some Legos with my son and he's too small for Legos. And I, I realized that quickly. Um, and I'd never done Legos, like an actual box kit. And it was fun just to have a project to work on. So I'm excited to, uh, to have a project to build this owl box. So I will keep, um, all of our listeners updated on how my owl box is going. Cause I'm sure everybody cares so much. Um, so I'm excited about that. And the other thing is, um, now's the time if you're stuck at home, right? Like some people are essential workers. You're still out and about. Your life hasn't changed that much other than things are just weird. But if you find yourself with extra time, you're going to have two options. Option one, which is the easy option and the natural option is to just go downhill. I think that's our natural inclination is to eat more junk, to watch more TV, to feel sorry for yourself. And then that, that creates this downward cycle. Option two is to use the time to develop some kind of skill improve, find another source of income. And so one of the things I'm going to be doing is I found on a website called Udemy, uh, which teaches like different, uh, they do like online courses and they're usually pretty pricey. Um, I don't know if they always run sales, but I found it during a sell time. Uh, normally the courses are like $200 a piece and I bought two courses, one for uh, motion graphics. So After Effects, which I know a little bit, but I'm not super great with After Effects. I'm more of a, you know, video editing, not motion graphics. Um, but I found a course for like $20 instead of 200 and then another one which is uh, graphic design and what I realized is people that I know who know motion graphics well and know graphic design well they have a steady source of income almost whenever they want right like it's just an easy skill to turn into money and no matter what you're interested in are you interested in video are you interested in photography are you interested in web marketing are you interested in like there are so many things like financial stuff there's so many programs or things that you could learn to improve yourself, build your own personal resume. 
Um, and now might be the time to jump on a discounted online course and improve yourself. So I'm planning on doing those two courses over the next several months and hopefully improving myself, improving my abilities with, uh, you know, graphic design and motion graphics, which hopefully will translate to better YouTube videos and, and content for you. I have a fireball, like whenever we say something like with after effects, you can do all that cool stuff. Oh yeah. So we'll have, we'll have better TikToks. Like the sky's yeah, the limit here. The sky's the limit. So, all right. Okay. What about you? What are you looking forward to? So, man, I don't even know if I want to say this. I got electronics. I got a list. I have DVDs, DVD recorders, and uh, it's it's good money. I just, here's what's weird. What I'm learning in all of this is I don't know if I'm going to source that stuff anymore. I just don't know. Because what I'm finding is I'm making... Here's what's crazy. Everybody's saying clothing is like dead and saturated, but I make a decent amount from clothing. Right. And I, and I'm, I'm getting better at it and with every month that passes. And, and I'm just like, like, I, I, I don't know. Cause you know, initially it was all about like whatever I could find that makes profit or garage sale, I'm going to pick up. Right. Right. And so it's like, Hey, I'm going to make money off this VCR. I'm going to make money off this I don't know, this iron over here, I'm going to make money off of this thing. I got to like everything that I can make profit. And now I'm like, I'm at a place where the pipeline is, you know, I think, okay, established for me and I'm having consistent sales. And I'm like, this may be my last go round with certain electronics, unless it's something that doesn't take a lot of work. So for instance, stereo amplifiers, like that doesn't take a lot of work. You hook up the speakers, make sure it works, list it. And they sell like two or three days. It's worth it to me. DVD, like let's say a dual deck. Well, I mean, it's not a lot of work, but you got to, unless you already have a setup, which I don't have a setup. So I got to pull out my old school TV, get the AV cables, get the DVD, get the you know, VHS, forward, fast forward, rewind, eject, da 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 da. And then when it sells, then I got to, sp- I'm sounding really lazy right now. Then I got to spend all the time packing, or I can flip a certain pair of shoes for a hundred bucks and make the same amount of profit. Right. So, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. And if I like the profits, maybe that'll motivate me to keep doing it. I don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm just looking forward to more online sourcing. I have some good stuff coming to me that I can't wait to list and we'll see how that goes. Cause it's been profitable. So anyways, Hey, hope all of you are doing well, yeah. stay safe, stay home. You know, all those good old PSA announcements. That's right. Uh, but hey, reselling, definitely doable even now. So get those items lifted. 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 While you're while you're getting buff. Yeah. Your home gym. Get lifted and get them listed. That's right. And make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.